Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to the program. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we are going to be talking with Dale Lefebvre all about his new Leadership Initiative Games, uh, which is super exciting. Uh, so, Dale, how are you doing today? I'm doing real good. Well, we are super happy to have you on the show. Um, so, you are the inventor of the Cooperative New Games Leadership. You have been studying and teaching games since the 70s. You have written several books and creative films um, and have taught game workshops in over 33 countries. So, you are really quite a genius when it comes to new non-competitive games. Can you tell us a little bit more about your work and what you offer? Yeah, it's one of the few times I've been called a genius, but thanks. <laughs> I, uh, well, yeah, it's uh, basically cooperative group games, uh, new games, and they're not always new, they're just uh, maybe a little bit retooled so that it doesn't matter who wins, even when there's competition. What that means is that people of all ages can play together, people of all sizes, all abilities, Anybody, people in wheelchairs, old folks like me, <laughs> and uh, well, just yeah, anybody can join. And sometimes we have to change the rules a little bit to make it work for everybody, but we can do that. Mm -hmm. So, you, so you are really good at sort of tweaking these sort of classic games and coming up with new games that really allow people to sort of unify as groups. What sparked your interest into utilizing games as a way to unify groups and motivate team building? Well, I was uh, looking for something to do because uh, I, I had just left a, a job and I saw new games on television and I just was dumbfounded. I thought, wow, I want to do that. And I contacted the New Games Foundation, which is no longer in existence, uh, and found out about it. And uh, they invited me to train with them. And uh, that was in 1975 and I've been doing it ever since. That's so cool. So what... Sort of, how has your life changed, do you think, since you started doing this and started pursuing this? Wow. <laughs> that, uh, it's changed greatly because I'm uh, doing something that I love doing, not just you know, working to get enough money to survive, but I really love doing new games. It's, uh, it's a part of me. Uh, and, yeah, the, uh, okay, so it takes a lot of work to be able to go out and to do the games and present them with groups. But I don't mind because uh, I get to go out and play then. Absolutely. So you come up with so many new game ideas. How do you know if a game will be successful or how it will be taken by a group? Well, I don't. I, I guess, you know, like I think what would work for this group and I put together a, a playlist because I know it's two, three hundred games. And uh, then I try it and it might not work. And if it doesn't, I just, well, I do one of a couple things I'll say. How can we make this a better game and take a suggestion from somebody and change it and see if it works better? Or I can say, this game isn't working. Let's try something else. Because, uh, you know, I make mistakes. I, I misjudge a group. Uh, they might look like they're really ready to go, and then I find out they're not. <laughs> or or uh, maybe I find out they're, they are ready to go, and I thought they weren't. So, you know, I, I adjust it as I see the response from the group. So what's the process that you go through when coming up with a new game? Because, you know, I like to think that I'm pretty creative, but I don't think I'd be able to come up with that many, you know, games that were so well liked. So what's the process for you and how do you sort of narrow down games? 
Well, it's a two-part process. One is I collect games, and I, uh, during my workshop, somebody will present a game, and I say, hmm, that's pretty good. I'd like to use that, and I do. And, and sometimes I have to tweak it a little bit, but uh, yeah, I use them that way. And then I've got a process where we give a number of elements and then uh, the types of players, uh, and, a, and we have this on a grid, and we put in uh, different possibilities and like actions, different fantasies, and uh, we come up, you know, we pick a number, and that number corresponds to numbers on the grid, and uh, we come up with some strange games sometimes. <laughs> well, I think that's pretty cool. That seems like a pretty good process, and it sounds definitely very organized, which I think is something that is very important when you're coming up with something of this nature. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raymond Devaney, and right now we are talking with Dale Lefebvre all about his cooperative new games, um, and he creates all of these amazing games uh, for groups to play together where there's not this big sort of sense of competition, which I think is really cool because a lot of times when you think about games, people get really, really competitive, and a lot of times it ends up not being fun. So why is it so important to you that these are really not competitive and really cooperative games. Well, they they are competitive sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not non-competitive games, not at all. Uh, some of them possibly are, but uh, they're by cooperative. It means like it doesn't matter who wins. So you might have two teams. You might be trying to win, but if you catch somebody from the other team, they're on your team. So it's kind of hard to get angry oh, at that's them. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe your role changes. Instead of a, a swimmer, you become an octopus or something like that. And, uh, yeah, yeah you, you just keep playing. You don't, you're not out of the game. Nobody is ever out unless they choose to be. And so that makes it more fun because one of the worst things I can remember is if you're playing a game and you're the first one out or one of the first, uh, you sit and watch others and you don't get to play. And that's no fun at all. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really cool. So you have always offered written guides to go along with your games, but now you offer video instruction as well, um, and we have Kids First endorse your DVDs, which is awesome. Uh, so what sort of made you decide to pursue a more digital route? Well, I, uh, you know, I, I can only do so many workshops, and less so now as I'm growing older, and the way to reach people is through, yeah, media, and uh, both through, through streaming downloads and DVDs, and so people who want to learn the games or you know, do them with their group, they can at least get some instruction. And the latest one has a leadership guide with it where we not only talk about leadership, but we actually show video examples from the DVD uh, of what we're talking about so you can get a, a better feel for it. I think that's really cool. I was watching some of your videos, and I, the way that you sort of set it up and you use examples and you really explain things, it seems very doable because I think, you know, if I was leading a group, it might be a little bit daunting to, you know, take on these new games and stuff, but you sort of educate the people in such, like, an easygoing way and such, like, a, an easily understandable way. So I think it's really cool that you decided to start doing digital. Uh, so what is your favorite game that you've created? And I know that might be difficult since you have made so many. Wow. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, probably the one I like the most is called Monarch. Mm -hmm. And in this game, if you want me to explain real briefly. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, one person starts out as the monarch, and they have a ball. And the rest of the people are subjects of the monarchy. <laughs> and uh, they uh, run away from the 
monarch. And the monarch initially can run with the ball and try to either tag somebody or hit them with it. And once they, there's two people, the person who's holding the ball no longer can move with it. But the person who's not holding the ball can move closer to the people who are trying to get away. So they have to cooperate. And uh, the person who has the ball can throw it to the other one. And then uh, they can catch other people who then become part of the monarchy. When you get a significant number of people, you start thinking, oh, <laughs> who do I throw it to? <laughs> the person with the ball can yell monarch, and the ones who are part of the monarch yell back monarch and raise their arms so the person knows who to throw it to. And so you keep going until you catch everybody. That's so cool. That sounds really fun. It sounds so very similar to games that I have played when I was younger. So I think that's kind of cool that your games, you know, they're very new and unique, but they also follow a format that people are used to and comfortable with. Uh, so not only are your games really fun, but each game has a purpose, such as like team building or becoming acquainted with others in the group, gaining closure. So how do you work in these aspects effectively into your games where it feels like, you know, you're just playing, uh, but you're also getting this sort of accomplished well we don't mention that much while people are playing like okay now you're going to learn teamwork or now you're going to learn how to separate that would just kind of mm, kill it i think but later with groups that are using it for those purposes we can ask them well how did you see that the uh, games uh, helped you to learn how to cooperate let them uh, describe how how it worked for them because it, it's there, it's always there, but we don't make a big deal about it necessarily because that, that just kind of, uh, you know, like, oh, now we're going to learn to cooperate. <laughs> it sounds awful. I mean, it just sounds, you know, like too purposeful. Whereas just playing is fun and it's easy to do. Absolutely. Well, I think people, you know, learn best when they don't know that they're necessarily learning. So I think it's really cool that you're able to, you know, work that in and, and it just sort of happens without having to, as you said, like directly say like, okay, well, here's what we're doing now. Um, so the games you offer are for a wide variety of age groups and group sizes. So what do you think makes a game suitable and fun for such a wide variety of individuals? Well, it's adaptability and uh, the fact that it, uh, winning isn't the most important thing. It's just one of the elements of a game, including everybody, is the more important. Having fun is more important. And therefore, it, it uh, becomes suitable for all ages and all sizes, all abilities. <laughs> Everybody can do it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dale, for telling us all about this. It was really wonderful talking with you. Would you tell our listeners a website that they could go to to check you out? Yeah, it's www.inewgames.com. The I being the letter I. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And guys, you can also go to uh, kidsfirst.org and check out Dale's DVDs that we have endorsed. Uh, Again, Dale, it was so wonderful talking with you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Raven. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Raven Devaney, from Kids First Coming Attractions. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. 
We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Hobison, and today we had just finished speaking to Dale LeFebvre about the new game's leadership, and we are talking about Pixels, The Look of Silence, Ant-Man, X-Prize, Mouse from Tomorrowland, and Kids' Choice Sports Awards, so we have a very packed show today. So right now, you're speaking with 13-year-old Jerry from L.A. about Pixels. How are you today, Jerry? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. As well, so can you please tell us what your thoughts about Pixels are? All right, so this film—I mean, we already know it's going to be funny. It has Adam Sandler, and yep. it is probably one of the funniest films I've ever seen. Easily the funniest film of the year, and also the special effects are just mind blowing. What you see from the trailers, time multiply that by ten—that's pretty much how many special effects. They're on the film, and it is just fantastic, beautiful, and crystal clear. I am it is so glad that you think that. I love when the trailers and the film, like, it's totally different, but it's a good different because it's like when you see the trailer, you're like, oh, that looks pretty good. And then when you see the actual film, you're like, whoa, that totally exceeded my expectations. So I'm glad that the movie is ten times better and in the CGI and special effects department than the trailer. So this film looks pretty exciting. What's your favorite part about it? Probably the special effects and just kind of like naming all the kind of classic video games. That was pretty fun because I remember once in the film, uh, Adam Sandler's like installing a PlayStation and a TV for a kid because that's what he does, does, like install like technology things. And the kid's like, classic video games, like what? And he names these two video games that are extremely new. And I'm saying, no, like Donkey Kong and all that. So it's kind of fun to see how younger kids are thinking about classic video games these days when older people are thinking about, like, really classic video games from the 1970s and 80s. Yeah, the games from the 1980s, like the Pac-Man and Donkey Kong and Space Invaders, what would you say is your favorite? Pac-Man is definitely up there because Pac-Man yes. is just But I would have to say Space Invaders. I mean, when I was, like, from four years old, to eight years old. I did nothing but play Space Invaders. Mm-hmm. It was, like, my favorite game of all time. And I got pretty okay at it. 
not that good, but I got almost to level seven. <laughs> almost. <laughs> it's like <laughs> almost. I'm almost there. It's that's a great memory to have. I Pac-Man is is up there for me. I love playing Pac-Man. I had this little group in my school about two years ago, and we all got together and played Pac-Man um, on our phones. I was just like, yes, Pac-Man. And then you know, I decided that it was uncool, but it's still cool, guys. Play Pac-Man. <laughs> You so you went to see the screening. Did you get the feel that the rest of the audience liked it as much as you did? Oh yeah, definitely. And what I like about the film is that the audience is very diverse. I mean, there's a couple of young girls next to me, like maybe four or five years old, and they loved it. And a couple of more adults and like older people, like mid forties, fifties, and they loved it. Because the thing about it is that adults would love it because they can understand the references, they can understand these games way more than we could. Our kids, and little kids, would love it because, come on, it's a movie about pixelated video games attacking Earth. Who would not like that? I would love it. Everyone would love it. Boom. That's it. <laughs> yep. I know I will love this film because, first of all, I like video games, and I don't play many video games like often, but I, I love them. I love looking at them. I love. You know, hearing about them, and I also love this film because it has Mini Coopers in it, which is my favorite car. So therefore, this movie will be fantastic. <laughs> so th I think this film will be great for the whole family. And what about you? Like, what age range do you think this film is for? The film is really good for to the audience. Very diverse. However, there are a little bit of language and a lot of adults kind of references. So I'll give an age range of nine to ten. Maybe even eleven to eighteen, because honestly, this film is good for adults, teenagers, and maybe older kids. Okay, that's good to know. And how many stars do you give this film? I think I already know what you're gonna say, but humor me. Five out of five pixelated stars, because this film did a wonderful job. I mean, special effects were mind blowing. There are five scenes that I couldn't even comprehend how they did the special effects, and the acting was mind blowing. The directing was fantastic, perfect. Was just overall a great film. Yeah, and as you said before, when Adam Sandler is in a film, you know it's going to be hilarious. You just know that. Speaking of characters and people and actors, who is your favorite character? My favorite character isn't actually like a character much in the film. Pretty much, the film is compiled of three challenges. These aliens found like a space probe from the human race that has all these things. From the human race, including video game matches, and they think that their human race is challenging them to war. So, in one of the challenges they need to complete to not die, pretty much, they get a trophy for completing it, and it is Cubert from the video game, and he's like little animated, little orange guy. And he is hilarious, and I absolutely love him. Well, that's awesome. I'm sure that I will love him as well because orange small things are like my thing now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'll love this film. Pixels and is in theaters now, guys. So please check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host Brianna Hobiton, and today we are talking about the look of Silence, Ant Man, X Prize, Miles from Tomorrowland, and Kids Choice Sports Awards. And we just finished speaking to Jerry about Pixels. So. Let's continue speaking with the wonderful Jerry about the look of silence. So, can you please tell us what you thought about this film? So, this film did a pretty wonderful job telling us about some pretty sad, sad things that happened in Indonesia, and it is really sad. It was a revolution. It was a genocide. And what I like about this film is that they didn't hide anything. They talked to people who kind of prisoned and guarded the well. 
victims and even executors of the victims. It is a very mature film, but it does a wonderful job portraying what really happened in Indonesia, not really hiding anything. Yeah, I, I find that I like films like this. I mean, I like, I love documentaries. Like, there's certain documentaries that I'm like, I don't really understand this, but I'm sure that I will love this because documentaries kind of inform us on things that, that we weren't around for or we are around for and we just want to know a little bit more about this. So that's why I love documentaries. Um, along with a documentary, is, is there anything else, like any type of genre in this film or is it just documentary? I would say there's kind of a sense of drama in this film because it is very dramatic because it's about a family who survived genocide and they did lose people to, lose people to the genocide and they're still suffering because of that. I mean, they're in, they, they have very low food, they have very low money. One of the parents is very sickly, and the elder has to take care of him constantly. So I think it, there is a sense of drama in this film instead of documentaries, but it is mainly an educational documentary. Mm -hmm. And about this film, since it is such, you know, a dramatic film and it doesn't have the lightest and happiest of feelings, can you tell me what is one of the most, like, what one aspect of this film that hits you the most, like you were most shocked about? I think what I was most shocked about is that, like I said, the main character, who is part of that family, by the way, interviews a lot of the executors, and one of them said if you keep dwelling on the past, it's going to repeat himself. And by the way, not one of the executors apologized for what they did, said what they did was wrong, and one of them just said, I don't want to talk about it anymore, you just keep talking about politics. But speaking about what I was speaking about before, he said that if you dwell on the past, it's going to repeat. And everybody knows that if you dwell on the past, it's not going to repeat, because you won't repeat history then. Mm -hmm. I, I totally understand that, because when you do watch documentaries about the things that happened in the past and and all those different things and when you do dwell on the past you know that's why we learn history that's why it's one of the main classes that we should take because we have to learn not to repeat you know the bad parts of history because then you know everything will be hazardous and so it's good to learn about history and it's good to have these types of documentaries do you feel that this film told the story as true as it could? I did, because they didn't interview anybody but executors. They only interviewed one of the victims. And that man was very lucky to even survive, because he was lined up, this is going to get a little bit mature, but he was lined up to get executed. And it's a miracle he even survived. And he talked about how people were hiding in their houses, everybody was off the streets, somebody, it was just very dramatic, it was very horrifying, I can imagine, and it's just sad, because the community thinks that what they're, what everybody's doing is right, and it's, it's just, yeah. They, yeah, they did tell it very honestly, and they did tell it very fully, they didn't hide anything, they showed that it is absolutely terrible what happened. Out of five stars, how many stars do you give this film? I will give this five out of five stars because at times they did kind of stretch it out, but they did such a great job because many times I legitimately thought that they were going to get arrested or put in jail mm -hmm. because the dictators who caused the genocide are still in power. So even talking about this is bad is very dangerous. So it's actually kind of very brave of them to even make this film. Yeah, I, you know, it's awesome when you're like, well, they, it was danger shooting this film. So, you know, you find a little bit more of gratitude for these people. Well, 
Larry, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about the look of silence. Of course, thank you so much for letting me talk about it. You're welcome. I love talking to you, bro. Guys, if you Google this, I, it will be one of the first things that come up. It's with limited screening. It's an independent film, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Brianna Hopiton, from Kids First Coming Attractions. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Kids Safe, Mother Approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Oldhorst, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We just talked to Dale Lim, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, who is from New Games Leadership and also the movies Pixel and The Look of Sounds. But right now we're going to talk to Morgan about the new Marvel film, Ant-Man. How are you doing right now, Morgan? It's good to talk to you. I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So overall, how did you enjoy the film? I loved this film. It's simply stunning how I think Marvel never expected to keep on hitting at you with all those good punches because there's like a shocker every single time that you did not know, which is just simply amazing that they can keep on doing that, and that's what I really like about this film. Yeah, you know, a lot of people said this film was just another Marvel movie, and then once they saw it, they're like, oh my goodness, this film is amazing, and it looks like a really cool film. This film is about a person who can, like, like make him very small and then attack people. How are the special effects? That must be very straining to do. The special effects are really really good and it's kind of amazing how he has like all these gadgets and he can like just shrink and then be able to knock somebody out that's pretty funny and that's one thing about summers that nobody really likes bugs or ants or anything but ants are totally going to be in style because of this movie yeah you know there's like millions of ants in my backyard and i'm just thinking he's ant-man out there uh can you tell us the story of the film please the story of the film is paul rudd or Ant-Man, and he is a criminal, a criminal who is basically steal stuff with his friends, and uh, he's a daughter, and he really wants to spend time with her, but his wife is with somebody else, and he's not supposed to stay with his daughter because he's a criminal. So then he uh, steals some huge thing, because his friend tells him all about it, 
which is the Ant-Man suit. And it was actually a setup from Michael Douglas, Dr. Hank, and she basically set it up so that way he could turn into Ant-Man. And how do you think the acting was in the film? The acting in this film was stupendous. I think Annalene Lilly, who plays Hope, and Corey Stahl, who's the Wasp, Paul Rudd, and Michael Douglas. I want to say kudos because, I mean, my eyes are literally glued to screen because their acting was simply astonishing. Well, that's always good. It's kind of stinks when it's a good plot, but it's not good acting. Yeah, that's kind of sad. So, so how's the directing of the film? Because that's also a very important key in making a good film. I thought that the directing and um, all that was also really good because it told a good story and you really liked it. And the movie was very believable. Like, you could see that happening in the future. So it is kind of realistic instead of a superhero film where somebody from space comes in, I'm not hinting at Superman at all, and then he randomly has superpowers and saves the world. Yeah, and to see the an ant's point of view, which is very rare in movies, and that's kind of cool because you're like... Everything's so huge to them. Hmm, that is kind of cool, actually. And do you have a favorite scene? My favorite scene is probably when you got to go personal and close with the ants, and you got to find out all the different types that there were, and then he gets scared, and then he, like, pops his thing. He's like, ah! <laughs> that does sound pretty cool. And you have a favorite character. My favorite character was Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. I think he did great. That's good. And other than him being the main character, anything else that made him your favorite character? Yes, because his story is kind of a roller coaster ride. He's evil and he steals stuff, and then he's good and he helps Michael Douglas, and he basically turns from good to bad. And he's funny, tough, and definitely it's a heartwarming film, and it's something that you'll definitely like. And That's it's also, awesome. it's a small, very small, and you get to like that a lot, because he's a tiny ant in this humongous world. Yeah, and, I don't like uh, it. basically is heartwarming, funny, tough, and it's a roller coaster ride, and a perfect combo. Yeah, in a way, it's kind of like a metaphor almost, a small ant in a big world, but he's a superhero. You're listening to the Voice American Kids Network. I'm Jerry Orts, and today we will talk about a little bit more about Ant-Man, also about the challenge I Challenge X Prize Miles from Tomorrowland, and also the movie and event the second best exotic Marysville Hotel. But right now, we're going to continue talking about Morgan, who is 11, who is 10 years old, I apologize, from North Hollywood, and we're going to talk about now the event that she covered for Anne. So, how many stars would you give the film? I would definitely give it five out of five uh, Ant stars, and the age range is simply eight and up. Because there's a bit of violence, but still, it's very funny. And the, the villain Hornet, or the Yellow Jackets, are really scary to kids. Alright, so it's definitely not for little, little kids. Not little, little kids, but uh, kids could definitely love this movie. Well, that's good. And do you think that the story was a little bit done before? Because Marvel does kind of almost have a pattern in their superhero films. Or do you think that this is almost a new twist on superheroes? Honestly, I just think it's a new twist because something that small you do not expect to be that powerful and that wonderful and cool and, like, there's a thousand words to describe it. 
Yeah, and the graphics, yeah, and the graphics are pretty cool. Oh, do you want to talk about awesome. The graphics were awesome. And you think that this film did a fantastic job of being an adventure, a comedy, a drama? What do you think? I think that it did a magnificent job on everything because um, it just was like it had a little bit of comedy, a little bit of drama, a little bit of love, a little bit of everything, which is just a good uh, combo. So it's good for everybody, pretty much. Yes. That's always good. It's nice to have a very diverse audience. And how's the cinematography in this film? The cinematography is okay. I really liked it, though. And it was awesome from the ant's point of view that you got. And you also got to see, like, many different places. You got to see a huge mansion. And there were great, there were great fighting scenes. And I really liked when he used his gadgets to turn uh, his daughter's toys into big, huge, real-life things. And the ant was really funny, like, that's really creepy dog right there. Ah, that was that, a funny scene. That does sound creepy. And do you think there's a moral message of the story? Um, I'd say maybe the moral is don't get caught up in the past. Because he got caught, like, everybody around him got caught in the past, and nobody really thought that he could turn good, and next thing you know, he's fighting supervillains, saving the world, and do everything you can for your family. Hmm. I think that is a fantastic moral, actually, both of the parts of the moral. And is there a soundtrack in the film? And if there is, how was it? The soundtrack was actually really good, because, or really amazing and awesome and powerful, because there would be like a scary scene, and they have scary music, a creepy scene, creepy music, and the music really went well with this film. That's good. And is there any comedy in this film? And if so, how are the jokes? Were they original or kind of done before? Well, I think the jokes were actually really original, and uh, the comedy was hilarious. You'd laugh out loud, and it was a lot of comedy in there, so you could laugh a lot and just have a really good time in the movie. So take your entire family. You know, that's what I like about Marvel. They always have a good kind of almost mix of action, drama, and comedy. Usually the comedy is almost always perfect. And you also mentioned like a lot of that house scenes and all that. How was that like turned out? Was it a little bit kind of almost choppy or big or do you think it was really realistic and awesome? I thought that it was really, really realistic and it was a great flow. Like there were ups and downs, but it wasn't like chop, 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 chop because then the movie would be boring. And overall, how did you feel like Ant-Man as a superhero? Because it is a very different and kind of almost original, very interesting superhero. Yes, he is a very interesting superhero. And um, I really liked him just because of his personality. And there was a lot of things that you never really get to see. I had no clue that an Ant-Man could be so powerful. Super Ant-Man. Yeah, I had never heard of him by now, and now he's one of my favorite movies of all time. Well, that's good. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about the new Marvel film, and if you would like to see this film, it is now in theaters near you. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to the Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. The later it gets, you're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. 
We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Kids Safe, Mother Approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back to kids first coming attractions and you're listening to voice america kids we just talked about the new film ant-man right now we're going to talk to triana about the new x-brush challenge which is partnered with disney jr miles from tomorrowland so how are you doing right now triana i'm doing good how about you i'm doing fantastic thanks for asking So can you tell us about this challenge for people who don't know what it is? It's basically about the STEM program, the STEAM program, including science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. All right. And I also heard that you got to interview multiple people from XPRIZE, including the CEO. How was that? That was actually awesome because I was originally, originally only supposed to interview two people. But I wound up interviewing five. I was so amazed. And this was actually my first time. So I was a little nervous, but then I got used to it. Well, I'm sure you did a fantastic job. And I also heard that you got to interview the very famous Bill Nye the Science Guy. So yes, how was that? I thought that was pretty cool because he's very well known. He is also in, in Miles from Tomorrowland. And I thought that was pretty cool interviewing all these different people, including him. And did you learn anything about X Prize from your interviews? I learned that X Prize actually X Prize is actually a company basically that fosters a new method that, that provides for someone. I see. And did you learn anything on the science from any of the questions? Did you learn anything science related from your questions? I learned that well he taught me a little bit about that that we need all, all the trees to survive in the world. And he taught me a little bit about science. All right. And I also heard that you got to interview a NASA astronaut. I mean, that must have been fantastic. How was that? She basically wants everybody to have fun. And she also has a big experience in in the STEAM program. But she usually uses it as the team because everyone works together as a team in this program. But lastly, what made me most of me about what she said was that people will be living on Mars in the future. And do you remember her name? Her name is actually Yvonne Tangle. And do you know what type of like space mission she went on? Did she go to the International Space Station? Where did she go? I haven't really asked her about that question. All right. And since the STEAM program is science, uh, technology, engineering, math, and arts. What do you think is your favorite out of those five? It would have to be science. And what type of science? Astronomy, biology? Um, I would say 
biology. Hmm, I find personally like astronomy, always learning about the stars. That always kind of interested me. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about the new X-Prize Challenge, Triana. A little bit more information about it is for ages 3 through 8, and X-Prize is partnering with Disney Junior to create out of this world creations to win prizes, including a trip to Cape Canal. Sorry. If you'd like more information, go to xprize.org. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Orris, and today we will talk about the second best exotic Marigold Hotel, the movie, and the events. And we talked about Ant-Man, the X-Prize Challenge, the Look of Silence, Pixels, and Dale Bev from New Games Leadership. Right now we're going to talk to Morgan again about the second best exotic Marigold Hotel movie and event. So how are you doing again, Morgan? I'm doing wonderful. And overall, how did you enjoy the film? The film is beautiful and breathtaking. I loved the scenery in this movie very much. That's good. And you'll cover the events, correct? Yes, the Bollywood dancing, which I have to say... I'm reaching out on behalf of Fox Entertainment to invite you to the Music Center's Dance Downtown Bollywood event sponsored by the second best exotic Marigold Hotel on Blu-ray and DVD July 14th. Bring your friend and a picnic and check out the dancing. Well, it definitely sounds like an excellent film. And how's the acting in this film? The acting in this film is simply believable and... It's something that you can see in a day-to-day life. And I also heard that this film is a romance film, correct? Yes, this film is romantic, and it's kind of like a romantic comedy and a little bit of drama. And what it is is the Marigold Hotel is a hotel for retired people, and they're trying to turn it into a franchise, so that way they can be able to have more than one. I see. And it's kind of talking about how they're trying to succeed turning into a franchise? Yes. And since this is kind of a romance drama film, I think it's a little bit too mature for kids. Honestly, I personally loved it, but I think it's for teenagers because kids would probably get bored very easily. And it is a wonderful film, though, that I love because you got to see India which is a rare sight, and the buildings and everything were amazing. And I can now see why uh, whoever checked in never checked out, because this is a glorious, beautiful hotel. Sounds very glorious. And speaking of a little bit more of the age rating, this is rated PG-13. Do you think that's pretty accurate? Yes. I loved it, though. And I think that um, kids that are younger than me might not like it as much. Because they could get bored. For parents who are wondering how old Morgan is, Morgan is 10 years old. So if your kid is younger than 10 years old, they probably would not like the film as much. And how was the cinematography in the film? The cinematography was breathtaking. You looked at it and I think I'm going to watch this movie over and over again and get a magnifying glass and probably uh, look at every single detail. And there's eye candy wherever you look. So it's like building and then there's statues and you get to see the culture of India which was very nice and I really liked their culture. Well India does have a wonderful culture and beautiful buildings. India is just really beautiful. It's kind of sad what's going on there right now with all the pollution and all that. But speaking more about the film, 
how did you like the directing? Because this is, like you said, a dramatic film. For a good drama film, you need good directing. The directing was stupendous. And I think that he did do a wonderful job of portraying all the characters. And all the actors did a wonderful, stupendous job. And when he told them what to do, I think that they did it amazing. And they did great. And they, it was great to see everybody and get to see a nature of the actors. And it was really nice because you got to see their facial expressions, which really matched. It was great to see the nature of actors working and the mature actors working. So I believe this is actually a sequel to the best exotic Marigold Hotel, which was released in 2011. And did you see that film? No, I did not, but even though I didn't, I don't think it matters because I still really loved this film. And I think part of the reason why they had the Bollywood dancing and the Bollywood dancing for the uh, release of the DVD was because on July 25th, it is National Dancing Day. So that's going to be definitely very fun. All right, well, on July 25th, we're going to all have to get up and dance. And everybody got to dance and have a wonderful time. And it taught you a little bit of Bollywood dancing, which I really loved. That does sound like a lot of fun. And at the event, did you meet any of the stars from the film? No, I did not, sadly. All right, and overall, did you enjoy the film, and would you recommend this to anybody else? I did enjoy the film uh, very much. And yes, I would definitely recommend it to some of my older friends. All right. So that way they could be able to see it. And do you think that drama people like it, romance fans would like it, or do you think that somebody like other people, like other types of fans would like it? Um, I think really anybody who likes um, all amazing aspects and like would like to see India or anything, I think it's really wide open, but just for elders. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about the new wonderful film. Very quickly, how many stars do you give this film? I give this film four and a half um, Bollywood dancing stars. Well, you heard her. It must be very good if it's getting Bollywood dancing stars. If you'd like to see this film, it is in theaters near you March 6th. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Jerry Orris, and you have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To hear more film reviews and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to kidsfirst.org. And check out our Kids First blog on Huffington Post. The show is produced for the Voice American Kids Network by the Coalition for Kids for Quality Children's Media. We believe smart kids make smart consumers. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. <laughs>